Technorama episode 698, The Book versus the Movie. Hello and welcome to Technorama, the show that takes a lighthearted look at tech, science, sci-fi, and all things geek. And boy, are we going to be diving into the deep end of the pool tonight. My name is Chuck Tomasi from sunny Phoenix, Arizona, and right over there is Craig Stepp. How are you, Craig? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I was just laughing because I just realized I made the title The Book versus the Movie, and the last title of our last show was Me on a Job Application versus me in real life we're just gonna have this whole series through the whole 700 <laughs> series of episodes it'll be something I versus might be something. doing that I all might right be doing that yeah <laughs> godzilla versus technorama who That's knows right. it, it's yeah. it's gonna be interesting if, if you tune into the to- topic is track you'll know that um well the catchphrase isn't original so don't expect original titles on this show either <laughs> Original title. You know what? I don't think I've actually. I think we had like one repeat, but we never verified it. It's like that sounds I'm really. I'm gonna have to familiar. dump them out into a spreadsheet and do a compare. Because yeah, good luck. I'm pretty sure. We, I think I've done pretty good over 18 years. Well, how's your New Year's? Uh, is off to a good start. New Year's, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, doing pretty good. Me too. How about you? Me too. Off to a great start. Looking forward to going to. Las Vegas on Monday to deliver, or I'm going to co-MC a keynote on Tuesday for one of our work conferences. Each year we have a sales kickoff. This is the first time we've been together in person in four years. Mm -hmm. And the solution consultants, who are the technical arm of our sales team, there's about 2,000 of them, 2,500 of them getting together in Las Vegas on Tuesday and then Wednesday, Thursday, uh, Friday, the whole rest of the sales team rolls in with partners and everybody else. So they said, we've got a keynote. So the technical consultants have been doing a lot of their education virtually last week. This week, they get together in person just ahead of the rest of the sales teams. So we've got a keynote with some wonderful people speaking. And the senior vice president of solution consulting said, Chuck, would you like to be an MC? And I said, what do you I'm going to respectively decline. No, because this is, this is part of my job right now is building these relationships and, and, and helping other teams so that we get this Mm -hmm. synergy going because that helps our team execute better when we've got these strong relationships with product, with sales, with other people in marketing, et cetera. It's, it's just a good world. It's funny you bring that up. Uh, just chatting a little bit, you know, some of our, some of the groups, even in the larger group that I'm in, um, we were talking about, uh, operating in silos and sometimes you don't necessarily communicate with other teams as well as you should. Um, so that's also something important, you know, don't, don't stay in a silo, Uh, get out and, you know, you know, move around. I'm trying to work that into the creator con keynote coming up into May. There's a, there's an old phrase that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go farther, go together. Hey, hey, by the way, I thought it was funny. I said, I did bring up the word silo. And I said, I think people, I think some of these groups work in silos a little too much. Now it's in everybody's messaging. I was like, I think somebody must've heard me. (laughs) Well, we've been using that, that, that term's been thrown around the company for years. I know, but the way in the context of, I was like, okay, I'm I'm starting to see that in everybody's messaging. So um, I think it's like when are, you buy a Toyota Tacoma, you start seeing more Toyota Tacomas on the road. That's not, I, yeah. You're, How do we know I, you weren't subliminally influenced by somebody else? I'm talking about, I'm talking about the people in my chain, you know, are using you might've been influenced by somebody else. And now they said, Hey, never come. I'm original, buddy. <laughs> I'm all original. <laughs> we steal ain't so much. Like it's me. not funny. <laughs> yeah. Ain't nobody like me. Should we get into our feedback? Yeah. We have a long show ahead. We're going to try and keep it short. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, girl. Oh, my. Oh, my. Well, we do have some letters for you. Well, we got feedback from our question of the week. Our question of the week last week is, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, what? Wait a minute, wait a minute what? Drew, uh, 
likes your t-shirt. Oh, Drew likes a t-shirt. He didn't see the rest, though. It says, I invested in Technorama. Then there's the astronaut laying on the moon. And on the bottom, it says, better than Bitcoin. <laughs> That's a Chuck and Craig original. And it, right. we came up with this like two weeks before FTX crashed. So now the shirt's yeah. even more funny. This is for our five dollar patrons. We were we were on the on the precipice of that that wave, right? Maybe we caused it. Who knows? Yeah. Well, yeah. we certainly didn't exactly. see an influx from that. No. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, this is this is one of my favorite t shirt creations of twenty twenty two. I've got I've got two. It's one of hey, my top two. Uh, we're all Chuck and I are both going on the Star Trek cruise coming up uh, late February. That's right. And I have a couple of T-shirts I'm bringing that I made. Oh, fun! Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, this ought to be good. I'm not going to say anything else. Okay. I want you to be surprised, Chuck, when you see it. Oh, you're not going to show me beforehand? Nope. <sighs> I want you to. I want you to be surprised. I want you to be surprised. Well, maybe. <laughs> When they come, I'll, 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 I'll I can I can hold out, Craig. I can hold out. Okay. All right. Our question of the I week can. last week was, "What's one hundred percent a scam?" But we accept it in our society. And oh, Brad Miller uh, airs on the side of Pearl Jam concert ticket pricing. For sure. Oh, okay. Are yours in a different order than mine? Because that's not the top uh, one that I saw. I says most relevant, probably. Yeah, and mine mine was Brad Miller's where he says. We take your privacy seriously statement just before breach disclosure. Right. He ought to know. He's in security and <laughs> like banking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, the concert pricing is crap. You know, what really, not just pricing, you know, what really sucks about getting concert tickets when the t- the tickets are made available, like you're right there and all of a sudden a bunch of them are sold out. It's because all the radio stations on that crap special interest get the first i want to know how they so set those get, prices it's not just the pricing it's the availability so yeah the availability it, oh you're yeah, talking you're about Ticketmaster. for you're immediately several rows back because uh their tickets are already bought up if you can get them at all like taylor swift yeah it's ridiculous not that i've been to a so, taylor swift concert but so. uh brian parker says astrology <laughs> I'm leaving that one alone. Leaving that one. Mike Robinson says, one, the illusion of political choice. Okay, here we go again. Number two, corporate customer care, a.k.a. the misery index. (laughs) Three. He's got a list. (laughs) He's got a numbered list. This this is going to take a while. All right, let me see more. Uh, Three, the science is settled. That's like the complete opposite of what science is supposed to be. No kidding. Uh Four. Newer is better. Mm-hmm. That's, I agree with that. Uh, number five, remaking, modernizing a classic is a good idea. True. Not, well, mostly true, yeah. And number six, importance of professionalism. I added the ism part to sports. So, uh, Steve yeah, London says, yeah. sales, there is no such thing. <laughs> All righty. So, uh, and I got one I comment thinking. on mine. Sean Brockman yeah. says cable TV. Yeah. $6 coffee. Six. You're buying cheap coffee now. Six. Uh, well, I mean, you don't drink coffee. You don't even know what the price. You're like Rain Man. Uh, about a dollar. You know, no, $6 coffee. coffee? I, I know what coffee costs, Craig. I walk, I walk into Starbucks with people like you that drop, you know, eight, nine or $10 I easy. I don't spend that much on coffee. There are those who do. And then you yeah. get the $4 scone. <laughs> no, the only time I go to Starbucks is when we're we're out, like at Dragon Con or something like that, because I don't have an option. And I might spend up to $4, but that's the most. And I don't, But I don't do that every day. Hey, I'll spend that much on coffee if it scores me an interview with Edward James Almost. <laughs> we did that. That's the one time you did buy coffee. Or did I buy I didn't it? drink it. On your suggestion? No, you didn't. No. Uh, he also says some cities forbidding rainwater collection and six thousand dollars for a single pill. Yeah, wait. medical. Wait, 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 wait. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. A city is forbidding rainwater collection. I've never heard that one before. What? Yeah, we're gonna have That's to stupid. look into that. That's weird. I've seen people. I don't know if I'd call uh, that a scam, though. I, a, a scam is where somebody gets your money 
like mine mine was cloud storage seems like ransomware to me we'll hang on to your stuff as long as you keep paying us for it yeah um mm. oh i got so many i don't know if i want to go with them all all right um, are we going to read these uh yes, transcripts you put in here so okay I asked, so i i played around uh with chat gpt what does the gpt stand I, for i'm not sure what that what that stands for um anyway the chat gpt is the obviously the ai chatbot that's going around sweeping um, the nation actually the yeah, world it, it's it finally surpassed eliza eliza <laughs> do you remember eliza yes <laughs> which actually was pretty good at the time anyway so i asked G- chat gpt this question and a random past old question of the week so this so 100 scam that we accept in society uh it says Sure. Let's see. What's a hundred percent scam that, but that we fail uh, for hook, line, and sinker? Oh, I know. Again, this is quoting from the bot. The get rich quick scheme. It's like the ultimate too good to be true offer. Promises of a quick and easy wealth with little or no effort. But just like a fisherman's tale of the one that got away, the scheme seems to slip away, leaving us empty-handed. So let's all be like wise old, the like wise old fish and avoid getting caught in these scams. Remember, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Here, let me read the next one. So the question okay. of the week was, what older classic horror movie would you recommend? And the chat GPT says, one classic horror movie that I would recommend if you're in the mood for a good old-fashioned belly laugh is Young Frankenstein, 1974, directed by Mel Brooks. This film is a parody of the classic horror genre and is packed with comedic moments and memorable characters. It tells the story of Dr. Friedrich Frankenstein, (laughs) a descendant of the infamous Dr. Victor Frankenstein, who inherits a castle in Transylvania and decides to continue his ancestors' experiments by creating a monster of his own. This movie is known for its comedic take on the classic story and memorable performances by Gene Wilder, Pierre Boyle, Marty Feldman, and Cloris Leachman. It's considered one of the funniest movies of all times and a must-watch if you're looking for a good laugh. Wow, that's uh sounds like they took it right out of the IMDb promo page or something, but uh, you know the, well, where they came up with that one particular that's more than our our patrons have been writing. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, what's funny was I asked it the question and the first response was obviously similar to this, but each one of these, each one of these questions, I had to say, make this more fun. And then they went, uh, that's where he said, sure, let's see. 100%. Oh, okay. And well, started, and it was sure. started embellishing some. Gotcha. And you know what, what just saddened me? I realized that Gene Wilder, Peter Boyle, Marty Feldman, and Cloris Leachman are all gone. Yep. Mel's the only one left. Yes, and History of the World Part 2 is about to come out. That's what I heard. Yeah. I saw it's the only 40 years board. after. <laughs> <laughs> they had to make more history, I guess. <laughs> hey, if we get Mel, more Mel Brooks, I'll take it. I don't care. Right. One last hurrah. Let's see if he yeah. can get banned from you know the MPAA forever. I know. I wonder. Uh, <laughs> Blazing wonder Saddles what, Part 2. No. Want, yeah, I'm wondering what, can we get, what, what will he get away with, you know? In some respects, you can get away with a lot more. In some respects, you can't. Yeah. All right, let's close out the feedback. We'll have another question of the week for you at the end of the show. Another letter from our listeners. Keyboard sounds like my fingers all week. On this day in history for January 18th, 2023, this is the 18th day of the year. I love January. You don't have to think about what day it is. Right. <laughs> there are 347 days remaining in the year. It was on this date in 1778 that James Cook was the first known European to discover the Hawaiian Islands, which he names the Sandwich Islands. <laughs> he probably had one in his hand when he rolled up there. Oh, no, he named it after this. Lord Sandwich. Who yeah. actually invented the sandwich? But okay, moving on. Thanks for thanks for ruining my joke. Uh, <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> thanks, Chap GPT. <laughs> sure. 230, yeah. <laughs> Two hundred thirty-five years ago today, the first elements of the first fleet carrying seven hundred thirty-six convicts from Great Britain to Australia arrived at Botany Bay. Botany, Botany Bay. Bay. <laughs> Botany Bay. We have to get out of here. An X-ray generating machine was exhibited for the first time by H.L. Smith on this date in 1896. 
And it was also on this date in 1977 that scientists identified a previously unknown bacterium as the cause of the mysterious Legionnaire's disease. It took till 1977. Legionnaire's disease, you think that's like, oh, 1918 or something. Like, yeah. They didn't know what was causing it until 1977. Isn't that crazy? Although yeah. 1977 is almost 50 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Anyway... Yeah, you're closer to 1918 almost at that point. It was on this date in 1981 that Phil Smith and Phil Mayfield parachuted off a Houston skyscraper, becoming the first people to base jump from objects in all four categories. Buildings, antennas, spans, which is also bridges, and earth or cliffs. All right. And happy birthday uh, goes out to, on this date, American assistant to Alexander Graham Bell, Thomas A. Watson, Born in this date in 1854. Watson, come here. I need you. Quick. What? I think it's a crank call. <laughs> <laughs> your your car's insurance. Your, your car's... What is it? The <laughs> Your car insurance is... Uh, no, no, your sorry. maintenance. Your, 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 yeah, your... Watson, come here. Quick. Your, your okay, okay. automobile's insurance. <laughs> anyway, we'll get okay, there eventually. Okay, Austrian Dutchman. <laughs> Austrian Dutch physicist and academic Paul Ehrenfest was born 143 years ago. Yeah, and Oliver Hardy, the American actor and comedian, was born 131 years ago today. I just oh, saw Ollie. a picture of um, them two out of character, just like a regular picture with them just hanging around. Ollie. Interesting to see. Yeah, he's interesting. A Russian mathematician and academic Ivan Petrovsky was born 122 years ago today. And Cary Grant, the English-American actor, was born 119 years ago today. Cary Granite? That's right. He was on the Flintstones. <laughs> yeah, he was. Stony cool. Curtis was, too. <laughs> Japanese-American physicist and academic Nobel Prize laureate Yoichiro Nambu was born 102 years ago today. And born January 18th, 1933, American engineer and businessman founded Dolby Laboratories. Wait for it. Ray Dolby. Not Thomas Dolby. He was not around in 1933. No, later on. American actor, director, and producer Kevin Costner was born on this date in 1955. And American astronomer Amy Barger was born... uh, It's 52 today. (laughs) I'm so used to reading the as born on part. It It does, you know, circulate these around, but it doesn't repeat. Yeah. American biochemist and... Academic Michael Kearney was born on this date in 1984. Listener birthdays this week include Michael Rabelais on the 21st of January. T-A-W-0-1-2-2-9-4. Why aren't you at your post? Yeah, what? Oh, it's his birthday on the 22nd. That's why he's not at his post. Kathy Luke on the 23rd. Chris Moody on the 23rd. Keith Lane on the 23rd. Many of these people have podcasts of their own. And That's Cynthia right. Fry. On the 24th. Happy birthday to all of you. That means we're getting eerily close to that auspicious date of January 25th, which we'll save for next week. Yeah. We know somebody's birthday on the 25th. Yeah, That's the way it was birthday. on this day in history for January 18th, 2023. Play him out. Close the door. Okay, if you want to get on the birthday calendar, we forgot to mention this to you. We could have played the music for this part, too. You go over to chuckchat.com slash birthday. Craig's going to put the lower thirds on there for the people that are on the video. Chuckchat.com slash birthday. I have to say it slow because I know some people listen to double speed, and I already talk at double speed, so I'm trying to slow down. The podcast that gets four hours worth of content into 30 minutes. That's right. We will give you a shout out at the appropriate time of year. And if it's your birthday this week and you're not on the calendar, somewhere between the 18th and the 24th of January, happy birthday to you. We wish you all the best. Another trip around the sun. Maybe if you get your name on the birthday, we'll give you a shout out next year. Thank you very much. Here you go. Here you go. A couple of, uh, I'm sorry, delayed comments. I just happened to see this. I think he was talking about the scams. Yes. Water rights. Water rights. <laughs> yeah. Uh, got a government. Yeah. Yep. Government's a hundred percent scam. That's right. They take your money. What do you get? Yeah. I still maintain insurance. It's kind of a scam. Okay. We have some news. Good news, nobodies. Well, this is good news because science has discovered a way to reverse 
aging in mice. And I haven't tried it on humans yet, but this is a step in the right direction. Now, if you've kept up with the times, you know that, you know, we all age, get old and die. And yep. science is working on ways to understand what When did this happen? That. Yeah. <laughs> News flash happening since the beginning of time. Right. Well, they actually found ways to reverse the aging uh, anywhere from, uh, what is it, 25 to 50% of the age of the person. So if you were to take, like, me, I could be as young as half my age. Or more likely, it'd be more like three quarters of my current age. But hey. Well, I in all fairness, I'm accused of acting like a 12 year old, but I don't, I don't think I was that really is <laughs> just interacting with three teenage boys, my nephews this afternoon. And yep, that was, oh. that was coming out. Oh, <laughs> there's, it's, it's a fairly long article. Lots of great stuff. It talks about you know, the DNA, the epigenetic, uh, changes, the proteins that are involved with this. So your DNA doesn't think, actually tell you what's aging or what's going on uh, with the DNA. The, 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 the proteins are what drives the DNA. It's, it's kind of an interesting well, learning article. Yeah. I think one of the things that, that stuck out to me was they were saying that uh, even though as you age and your DNA breaks down, there's actually a backup. Yes. A, a blueprint. Of Unlike the there. FAA, they have good backups. <laughs> Couldn't resist. That's what happened. Their DNA broke down at the FAA. Anyway. I, I, so, I, anyway, I that kind help. of stuck out to me, and I thought that was interesting because yeah. you always were told that uh, as you uh, your DNA unravels as you get older, you know you're kind of screwed. The, it's all about the telomeres, my friend. It's all about the telomeres. The, the The opening paragraph cited something, and I didn't really see him coming back to it. It says, "In Boston labs, old blind mice have regained their eyesight, developed smarter, younger brains, and built healthier muscle and kidney tissue." Say, like, "Hey, I'm into that because my kidneys are on their way out." On the flip side, young mice have prematurely aged with devastating results to nearly every tissue in their bodies. So they can, they also said that they can do this process more than once. So if you're, you know, 80 years old and you do run through this process, whatever it is, you know, in the next 10, 20, hopefully before we die, we can run this cycle at least once, uh, you know, and you get reset back to say 50 years old, you could another 30 years and reset it again. How many times can you do this? The world has already got record population. If we extend the lifetimes, it means we're going to have even more population. Is this really a good thing? Yeah. Just because you can I, do a thing doesn't mean you should do a thing. I, well, uh, there is um, something about mortality that, you know, makes you rethink some of your goals and some of the ways you act in life. So I don't know if that's going to be, a, it's going to be a tough thing to change. But I remember reading uh, a story a long time ago. It's more like an article talking about uh, what happens if people could just live for you know for in, almost an well. Infinite you're not indestructible. It, you can still you know no, get hit by a car and die. But yeah. you, it just no, no. fewer people will be dying of like kidney failure or heart failure. No, I mean, you and you still have to take care of the body you've got. It's not like, oh, I can eat donuts for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day and not have to no. worry because this will reset it. It's not going to fix arteriosclerosis. No, I can't even say the word, but hardening of the arteries. Well, this, the story that I was reading, if I remember right, it was talking about uh, this couple. They were married. They actually separated because they were together for so long mm -hmm. and decided to have different lives. And then the things that they did and they ended up getting back together. But, um, so they ended up having a, a less traditional life like you would see nowadays, but it was like things would, would diverse, you know, have kids with other people. And, uh, but yeah, we better be a multi-planet species if we're going to have that many people around. Which is a great segue into the next article. Cause we seem to have found another earth sized planet orbiting a habitable zone. Uh, Let's go. All right. It, beer, yeah. Beer run. I'm sure it's right across the street. <laughs> Almost. Well. They called the planet TOI 700E, which, yes, there is a, yeah. a, 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 they didn't say there was an A, but they said the other na planets are named B, C, B, C, and D. And this one is in the habitable zone or the Goldilocks zone. In fact, there's multiple categorizations of the Goldilocks zone. Uh, it, interestingly enough, it has an orbit of, what was it? 37 days. <laughs> I like it's no, 20, quick. 28 days. D is 37 days. D is a little further yeah. out. So yeah, if you imagine a month is now a year, you, 
you'd have seasons all over the place. It's like, wow, it's spring. Next week is fall. Like when you get to my age, that's about how it feels. Wasn't it just yeah. summer last week? Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now it's two years ago. Hmm. So they continue to find more and more exoplanets, and these are some of the smallest ones they've ever found. So they've got detection systems. They said that the TESS program, which stands for Transiting Exoplanet Survey Satellite, uh, ended in 2020, but they actually extended this one a year because they had enough data to continue the research and went, um, yeah, look what we found. So they're finding smaller and smaller planets, which is kind of cool, but I'm sure we're not going to just be able to take off and go to this one, you know, in a couple of years. No, but I, I remember reading, again, I brought this up several times, over the years, but reading Dr. Michio Kaku's uh, book, I forget which one now, but uh, he was talking about using miniatures, uh, miniature satellites, being able to sling those, you know, even sling them around the sun or whatever, and get them going at a high velocity to send them to places like this. It doesn't take a lot of fuel and they can get it really fast. Why don't, as soon as they detect this, why, why don't we have like a little army of satellites that can just throw some and start, trying to investigate even though it'll be years down the road till we start finding out what it's detecting space is really big craig it it would take years just to get to the nearest star if they're finding these things that are you know even even 150,000 light years away now you can't move at the speed of light but let's just say for sake of argument that you could get to 90 percent of the speed of light with these little satellites we're not going to be around in 250,000 years and get the signal back of what they found. No, but that's what I'm, that's my point. What? Why don't we have something we can send there now? Yes. To, for, uh, future humans to, uh, be able to investigate sooner. I'm not so I'm optimistic not to something. think future humans will be around in 250,000 years. You never know. I think we're already on death's gonna, doorstep gonna, with climate change. We're going to evolve into light beings and become uh, one with energy and the <laughs> evolve. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. All right, All right. There we go. All right. We let's get into the hacks and strange stories. I want to show you something I'm working on. And I know this is, this is a very visual topic, so we're going to do our best to describe it. Um, I've been working on a project for our upcoming conference. We made a jeopardy game years ago and we had some, uh, Buttons that we use to play that, they they were somewhat successful. They were commercial things that I bought off of uh, Amazon for another purpose, but they didn't yeah. interact with the game itself. They were simply a way to push a button and a light lights up so I know who hit the button first. But you had to be good at hitting the button because they were somewhat touchy. <laughs> People were smacking these things going, I, I hit it. It didn't light up. Craig remembers this. Oh, yeah. So I said, I can make my own. Some, uh, back in October, somebody said, could we play another game, American game show called Family Feud? And I said, great, we'll get more players, we can have competing teams, et cetera, et cetera. But we need that tactile button pushing so somebody can get there and the game lights up itself. So I started working on the, the, the service now side of it, the display, the questions, and, and some of you may have seen my questions that have gone out on LinkedIn, this is data that I'm going to feed into the actual gameplay itself. And uh, so the, 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 the web page piece of it is done. The host controller piece of it is done for the most part. I mean, there's still testing, quite a bit of testing to do. Then I turn my focus to the actual hardware. And thanks to the collaboration I'm doing with Ideas, uh, my teammate, Jason McKee, up in the uh, Seattle, Washington area, we've been architecting this, and it's been evolving over the last few weeks. So we're, we're at a stage where I'm going to show a, uh, a camera angle of what I've prototyped, and then I'll show you, like, we, we, I'm getting into 3D modeling, schematic capture, printed circuit board layout. These are new areas for me, and it's, it's, it, it's you know, if you've hung around a maker maker fair or maker, what do they call them? Maker, maker space. Uh, yeah. you know, you may have done some of this as well, but I've, I've found it, uh, very enlightening <laughs> and it's a good thing. I was paying some attention when I worked for electrical engineers, printed circuit board engineers, mechanical engineers, uh, right. at my previous job, you know, this is, it's been 
15 years since I had to look at any of this stuff or even think about it. But uh, it, it's it, it's it's kind of fun. It really is because it takes it to another level and it gives you a complete picture of that product realization from idea to prototype to software to hardware to mechanical to and 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 one of the things i found interesting was how the different components interact with each other so as i was going through iterations of this originally i had like uh four or five buttons that because things on amazon were coming in packages of five so i said let's make it five buttons and i hooked those directly up to the pi and i said when a button is pushed my node red application will do x send a message off to the ServiceNow instance, and something happens with the gameplay. Cool. Then Jason says, going directly to the GPIO pins, I found that I'm going through pies. They start to break down. I went, ooh, don't want that, because if you've been paying attention, Raspberry Pis are really expensive now. This one that I'm holding here is, let's say 3B, not a 3B+, plus, but uh, Mm -hmm. they've gone up to, from like... Thirty-five or forty dollars a pop. They're now about one hundred and seventy dollars a pop. What? What? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Which one is this? The, the Raspberry Pi, like a three B plus. The one. Yes. Well, they've gone up that much. Yes, because the chips supplies, the the processors, the ARM processors are really hard to get. It's just ridiculous pricing right now. They're they're next to impossible. So I had five three B pluses. And I wanted 3B pluses because the 3Bs are 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi and they don't work so well at our conference. But the 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi works great. And that's what's on the 3B plus. So I built up a mock-up of that and I started doing the button pushing and went, yay, I push a button. It fires relays. I need relays because there's 12 volt LEDs on the buttons themselves. And I want those to light up where if you know, pies and everything else run at 5 volts. So... As I as I was doing some of this, Jason would throw out little challenges like, hey, bonus points if you can make a custom PCB for this. And I went, challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah. So I took my, what I learned off of the mock-up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn on my... my uh, it's a little jittery for some reason. But I'm going to turn on the camera for my... There we go. So this is my mock-up on a breadboard. There's the Arduino Nano. That saves wear and tear on the Raspberry Pi GPIO ports because it's communicating now through USB. So when I push button one, which will be an external module, button two or button three, it will register that, fire the relay. You got to see this. When I push the button, see the relay light up? And it also, I got to show you on, on my screen, I'm going to do one more screen share here. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Okay. Do the screen share. Raise the camera up a little bit. I can't see. There we go. Oh, no, there, oh no. screen share. I'm out. So I I'll do it. the screen share. So when I push the button and it fires the relay, then you know that the people, the developer advocates on the left-hand side yeah. scored versus button two would That's be the cool. solution consultants. And quick too. Yeah. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. Now granted I am playing I'm not playing in a conference environment. I have Beta. my host <laughs> controller over here. So when somebody says uh, you know, and I say name a standard out of the box table extended from task and somebody says incident, I press this. And it brings up incident. And there is the traditional bell that goes ding really loud. You, you yeah. may not have heard that. But you need to have the you, listeners right, did. Challenge, here's a challenge where you have incident right there. It needs to like flip. I'm not going to get into the CSS behind that nonsense. Oh, come on. No, come on. no. You I'm building a PCB board, but you can't. I was also thinking about we need all the lights on the board. And actually that made it really hard to read. I, I took them off. Not to mention scalable and all this stuff was just. Uh-huh. And if they get one wrong, I push the button. <laughs> Right, so we've got the we've got the full experience here. I'm not getting into the, the whole gameplay, but of course that led to, uh, you know, this was all built in the service portal on ServiceNow, so I can show you it's Angular JS code if you're interested. This part wasn't too difficult. I mean, I've got my client script, I've got my server script, I've got little bits and pieces that plug in all over the place. Lots of templates for the answer board, the fast money, different modules that that fit in here. So 
A lot of AngularJS code happening there. Then you get down to the nitty gritty. Let's start with that nano again. Oh, I don't have the, the, the nano is, is written with typical sketch. You know, there's an IDE for, uh, Arduinos. I don't have that available on this screen, but that is available as well. I'm going to make this open source so people can contribute to it as well. So it's watching the buttons, not a whole lot of code going on here. I mean, I commented the bejesus out of this thing and broke a lot of it down into functions. But at one point it was probably about 70 lines of code. Now it's more like 270 because I introduced more complex objects and, and found some routines to make things a little easier to do. So when it, when it gets, uh, when it gets a button push, you could run any game without a service now thing. If you just wanted the controller box and several buttons, you could play any game you want. They'd light up and they'd, they wouldn't make any noise, but they'd light up and, and you'd see it with the nano and as many modules as you need. Uh, so I made this expandable up to eight. Okay. So that's, that's the whole point of that. If I, I'll show you the 3D model of what I've been building. So here's the 3D model. This is, this is still in work in progress. So don't, don't blame me for anything. The, uh, the, I would blame you for a lot. But okay. the, the, the button module uses a 60 millimeter push button and it will have an LED on top. This cutout on the side is for an RJ45 port, which will connect to the RJ45s back here. So this is you my need, box that has some, the pot. You need to get some nice, nice cloth covered uh, RJ45 cables, you know? Cloth covered? What? Yeah. Yeah. Flexible. Yeah. RJ45 cables are normally flexible, dude. I know. I, what? You, 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 I know. I'm saying, you, like, you've ever seen some of those... You know, there's also uh, a matter of cost here. But I, I discovered you can make a, a printed circuit board for, like, 40 cents in small quantities. I'm, I'm ordering five of these things, because that's the minimum order size. Uh, but I made a 3D model with... So you, with, you have backups? Huh? So you have some backups. Oh, yeah, I'll have backups, no doubt, because I don't want to go to a conference and be left alone, you know, dead. So the, I'll, I'll run 12-volt power in here, the nano can take 12 volts. This circuit board is running on 12 and sending 12 and five. So this red box back here is what they call a buck converter. It's, it's, let me, let me pull that back here. Highlight that, focus that. The red box underneath is a buck converter. It's a basic power supply. It takes 12 volts in and I can tap five off of it. Mm -hmm. A couple of fans on the side. The pie is up above with a cutout for its ports. And then we've got some ventilation in here to let airflow go through because pies don't get real happy. So the main controller box is the circuit board with the RJ45s and the Nano doing what my breadboard is doing. The Pi, which is what my Pi is doing. It gets a, it get the, the Nano gets a key press, sends a JSON payload to the Pi over USB, cleans up the wiring because I don't have a whole bunch of little wires running everywhere from the Pi to the Nano. It's like, hey, USB. That gets picked up by... A node red application. Hmm. Now, this is just the initial configuration and some subroutines, but the button watcher is sitting here going, hey, anytime I get input from the nano, I'm going to convert it to JSON, figure out what I'm going to do with it. Is it the key was pressed or the key is available? What button was it? And then uh, you know, send that message off to the ServiceNow instance via a REST API. Then... ServiceNow gets it and goes on. So I've been doing 3D modeling in Tinkercad. This is a free application on the web. There's like standard and then there's professional or something, but I don't know what it gets you, but I'm having fun doing what I'm doing just here. Yeah. Then I got into how to make that PCB. Start with schematics. This is called Easy EDA. Literally all I did was look up free EDA tools on the web. <laughs> you can, you can sure. use local yeah. versions of this. My Arduino's at the top. So we got, um, uh, scrolling in and out isn't working too well. That's okay. We can see. You know, I've got yeah. my, my block here. These are parts libraries that you can pick right from there. There's also user contributed. You've got my, my pull down resistors, all the wiring to the ports. And then you go over to the PCB layout thing and say, route it out. And it routes things. You can do some fine tuning like, I wanted my power to go right from the power connector to 
U2, which feeds the buck converter, not through the connectors, finally up here. So I tweaked a couple of things just in the main power routing. And then it renders a 3D view for you. So this is the, oh, nice. this is the 2D photo view, and you can see the front side or the back side. And I can also go back to my PCB and say 3D, and it goes, here you go. Ah, here we go. And this is where it gets really sexy, because they even have a, a model <laughs> built in for the Arduino, so you could visualize this stuff. I didn't yeah. add the connectors here, uh, or, or they didn't have a 3D model of it. It's like, let's see the backside. Cool. Hmm. So this is what it's going to look like when it's all built out. And this is actually cheaper than me going and buying wiring kits and fasteners and and the time the time and the reliability so if this thing is traveling on the road up to las vegas nothing jostles loose i am going to socket the arduino just so i have a quick hot swap program for that as well so (laughs) it it was it was interesting to see how one thing impacted another for example when i was on the schematic I had these alternating wires. It's like one went to the left, one went to the right, one left to the right. Cause the ports are odds and evens, like odd down one side and evens down the other. And I just went port one, port two, port three, port four, port five. And it was like, now, I'm, now I got wires crossed all over the place. It's it. I'm not, this is not my day job. So forgive me if the schematic looks like garbage to a real professional <laughs> electrical engineer. It looks, it looks good to me. It's all right. It's probably got some faults. But when I, I said, I don't like all these crossed wires. So I cleaned up the schematic, which also meant that my ports now change. So instead of one, two, three, four, five firing the relays, it's one, three, five, seven, two, four, oh. six, eight. Right. All that means is when I get back to the nano code, I just change the ports in an array and it's fixed. Like, so it was, it was, it was kind of curious to see how does that happen? I also had a ninth button on here that did not fire a relay. It was simply a hardware refresh because if I change games, I got to tell the Pi, hey, we're going to be sending messages to this different set of records. Here's the, here's the ID I want you to throw on there. Well, I thought I needed that because the Pi was originally going to be inside the enclosure, unaccessible, yep. inaccessible. Right. And, and Jason came out. He said, why don't you just say, Raise that thing up. We'll figure out the support structure on the 3D CAD later. Raise it up and put a little teeny display, like one of those 2.8 or 3.5 inch TFT Mm -hmm. displays on the Pi. And then just show it through a window. And I was like, oh, I don't need that ninth button anymore. Even though I could drive it. I was just enough ports to do that. I said, that also saved me when it came to the PCB. Like, because that button was huge. It took up like 25% of this dang board. Oh my gosh. All so right, I said, right. if I get rid of the button, the board size goes down, the complexity goes down. It's just much easier. So that was probably a little cheaper. A little cheaper. I mean, the button was maybe 12 cents. <laughs> so oh my we're gosh. Not, we're not talking yeah, uh, you know, rocket surgery here. And you're complaining about <clears throat> me saying, get some nice cloth covered Ethernet cables. I mean, come on. When you add all this up to build with the PCBs, the pies and the displays are going to be the hard part. Uh, the unit cost. Uh, and the buttons, I, so I don't, I, I didn't do the button costs, but to to build out the five button modules, not not counting the 3D printing costs yet, uh, we're we're over three hundred dollars. So I do need to be a Ooh. little cost conscious. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. So th- most of that is the pies, which I already have. <laughs> the right. the displays are about forty five bucks a piece. But by 3D printing it, we get to make whatever we want rather than going out mm-hmm. and buying a $49 thing and trying to cut some holes in it. And it... I would say, but you already saw this. You bought a $12 toy off eBay or whatever it was. No, that was like the... 80 bucks. That was not a... 80 bucks? Yeah, that was not a cheap toy. You still got it, right? But the, yeah. The, uh, the, the size of this has come way down because I'm working with other people. And this is kind of one of the points that I wanted to make about before the show started. If you want to go fast go alone when i came up with this enclosure originally it was 15 by 15 inches okay right now it's more like four by ten or four, four yeah. by four by six excuse me four by six yeah. so the Stay size by. has come down we can actually fit this on a traditional 3d printer and 3d print that mm-hmm. case so it's all the the moral of the story is externalize your ideas to somebody and you can improve upon yourself yes share share with others and you will now it is taking longer, but we've got, we've got until May. 
to get this done. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, I'm not too, you know, overly. What's the turnaround time between ordering the PCB and then getting it? Oh, a couple of weeks. It's not bad. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. I, the thing that, the other thing that kind of startles me is this is stuff we used to spend tens of thousands of dollars for a single software package to do the 3D yeah. modeling or the schematic or, capture. Now, granted. Or a team to do the design and then, you know. And now you can pull up free tools on the internet and have something a couple weeks later. You know, that just, well, it boggles and, my mind. And, and to your point, if it was something that had uh, some logic to it, you can yeah. actually, there's simulation for the electronics. You can make sure it works. Yes. Yes. I, I don't know that easy EDA has simulation tools or maybe that's part of the premium program. Um, I don't need that. So I didn't, I didn't really care, but it's, uh, no, but I'm just saying it, to, to your larger point, what you can do at home just with these tools. Yeah. Pretty awesome. It, it makes me wonder how the commercial programs are staying relevant. Because if this is available to anyone, why wouldn't I, you know, run my company on this? Now that may be like saying, you know, you could run your company on, you know, a few hundred dollar NAS, or you could go out and buy a significant server farm, or you could do it in the cloud. You know, there's, there's options based on scale and requirements. I'm not going to run a multi-billion dollar company on household NASs that I get off Amazon. (laughs) Right, right, right. <laughs> you need you need the reliability, or your customers will dump you. But yeah, yeah, this it, it's it's an interesting prospect, and it certainly uh, encompasses a lot of what I've done over the last forty years, from basic electronics in high school to computer science in college to working with engineers that do three D modeling and schematic capture, and right up through the service now piece. I feel like this really covers the whole gamut of things that I've done and. Some things that I've just observed, like I used to stop by the PCB engineers and, you know, know quite a few of them, keep in touch with them over the years. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, well, what are you doing? And, <laughs> and I would say, well, how come you don't just draw, you know, a straight line yeah. from here to here? In fact, I remember we used to have a, a mural in the basement of our old building and any, any engineer worth their salt would walk by and go, it was, it was just colored circles and lines to simulate what a, you know, a circuit board would look like you know the big green dot is connected to the blue dot and somebody would always walk by and go there's a 90 degree angle on that thing you're not supposed to do that because it'll you know cause electrical problems with your circuit oh yeah so everything is at 45 so as i'm doing this layout and i'm watching some of the basic videos of how to get started with easy eda it's like hey you want to use a 45 degree angle it's like i knew that <laughs> yeah i knew that i knew that that's awesome. So kind of hey, fun. I'm still I, learning. And by the way, this, you talking about that dovetail, dovetails into one of the st- uh, stories I had at the end here was this open source soldering iron. Yes, I saw that. I'm kind of curious to get one. It's a, I'm, I don't solder as much as I used to, but I'm, I'm tempted to get it. Cause I think it's I really get cool. into projects anyway. like this and I do, cause the nanos don't right. come with pins on them. Cause you don't know if you want them socketed. Yeah. Do you want them wired to the board? I've got a, if I've got these circuit boards coming in, I got eight resistors to put on there. I got the nano socket to put on. I've got to put, I got to solder in all 64 pins of that. that I might. I mean, I've already got one. It's a repurposed one from my old job. I've got an old Radio Shack style. You know, it's like, no, I've got a, I can't remember the brand, but this is like a professional grade one. Well, it was professional grade 25 years ago. Well, mine's literally the one I bought from Radio Shack before they closed. (laughs) (laughs) So you it can't works. return it. Uh, no, I cannot return it. I'm right, having let's, fun. Let's it, 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 it's like I, every morning I get up, and I, I, I had another thought about, oh, I got to put a mounting bracket here. Oh, I should make oh, the hole no. on the PCB bigger. Oh, yeah. It, it just yep. sucks me in completely. And that's when I know I'm having fun is, is when right. it's like, ah, I got to get to church in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, All right moving well, right along. Yes, hurry up. We're running out of time here. Shout out to the chat room. Important note here is we we only have a a few viewers tonight, but we are moving our broadcast time from Sunday at 9.30 Eastern time to Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So we moved it up an hour and a half. We used to be at the old time originally because Craig put his son to bed and then he would come podcast. Well, his son has now grown out of college and has a job. (laughs) still put him to bed. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I I read him bedtime stories over Zoom. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know what? You're right. That that was something that, uh, I did. I where I talked to him for a little bit and then uh, read him his uh, story, or he would until he got to where he was reading. Yeah, that was that was the reason why we did this so late. And, yeah, you know, 
So anyway. So hopefully, you know, a few more people can join us. A little earlier for the Eastern time zone people, a little earlier for, uh, Drew have joined us, but he doesn't sleep. He just keeps drinking Coca-Cola. That's right. I'm convinced. He's he's over in the London area where it's, you know, oh, dark 30. Hey, by the way, you just got me thinking. It's one of those moments I you think, uh, oh, crap, how long have we been doing this? Harrison was two. When <laughs> when when we started this thing, now he's he's going to be 21 in March. Ugh. Oh, boy. Yep. Goes fast. Goes fast. We started, he was two in May of 2005? Yes. Wow. The whole generation has grown up while we sit here and babble into the microphone. All right. So let's quit wallering in our own old age and okay. let's move right along. <laughs> Let me bring the sound effects back up because we had to do the patrons now. So, patrons, thank you very much. Another year has started and our budget is laid out, and you are a key part of that process. Thank you very much to everybody who's contributed. Alexis Duran, Amber Elstad, Amy Bowen, Abner Braverman, Ben Vaughn, Brian Brown, Chris Martinez. Some of you get cool shirts like this. I say, I invested in Technorama. That's right. If you're interested, you can always upgrade. Thank you, Chris Martinez and Chris MC. Dandy Man Coyer. I always want to say dandy, like dandelion. <laughs> it's Dan, letter D, man. Denise, uh, Dean Jensen, Denise Inglis, Gary Lindros. John Clifford, John Noble. Oh, I just watched Return of the King. I started watching Return of the King last night. I've been on a Lord of the Rings kick this last week. We'll get to that when we get to our movies and whatnot in the next segment. Jorgis Rowan, Crazy Joe Adventures, Kyle Nishioka. Thank you, Leon. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Brad, Mike, Saturday Morning Media, Stephen Weshey, Steve Therian, Steve Cody, Steve London, and Tim Cook. You people, you people are the ones that make this show happen. We just smile and make smart remarks. It's your fault. Enablers. That's right. Oh, where's my music? Okay, there we go. Bye, music. Okay. And on to Pass Me the Remote. Well, I already tipped my hand. <laughs> I watched Lord yeah. of the Rings Fellowship and Two Towers and then started uh, Return of the King last night. And, and these are multi-sitting shows because I, I, for whatever reason, I'm like finishing one thing and then I start another. I can't like start at the beginning of anything and finish it in one night. It's really weird. Oh, it's yeah. like, oh I'll sit down and go, what was I watching? Oh, I'm halfway through this and I'll finish it up and then I'll start something else. So that was, that was kind of how the, the James Bond thing went a few weeks ago. I just, oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not oh, doing a very good job at managing my time on movie watching. I know they kind of, well, the James Bond, they just kind of lead one and the other, and it's, you can, you can just continuously watch those. There's some, there's no shortage of them either. Right. Well, speaking of Bond, yes, not quite Bond, but uh, I was watching Jack Ryan season one and two. Uh, there's a third season already out, but um, saving and watch that with Kim, my wife. Uh, but Jack Ryan season one and two, I really enjoyed that. This is Jack Krasinski is playing Jack Ryan, uh, who has been played by uh, Harrison Ford, Ben Affleck, Chris Pine, and Alec Baldwin. I didn't realize how many people had played him. Um, but yeah, the story is really good. Uh, I love uh, the way they have it played out. There's eight episodes in each season, but Jack Krasinski does a great job uh, in making a presence of somebody that's determined to you know, uh, not let something go and really see it through. I thought he did a great job as well as everybody else's on the shows. So, um, I highly recommend this. I love that series. We just watched season three a couple weeks ago and very good stuff. It continues on with, uh, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but yeah, don't, don't, please don't. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Kim and I are going to watch it. We, she watched a little bit. She's already seen the first two seasons, but she watched a little bit with me. And uh, I finished it off last night and was ready to watch season three. So, yeah, good. Very good. And then in the vein oh, just, of... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, and just to... I'm not going to say much about it because you talked about it last week, was I also watched the Inside the Minds of Cats. What did you think? And um, some of it kind of knew, you know, it was obvious, but uh, some things I thought it was interesting, some of the behavior that they were observing. Yep. Uh, like, 
the way the cat was uh, slowly blinking. The like, slow okay, blink, yeah, okay. right. Yeah, slow blink and uh, the narrowing of the eyes kind of thing. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure I have that whole positive attention on something else when they're doing something bad. It's like they're clawing at my leg. It's like, oh, look at the toy. You're going, ah, my leg. Stop yeah. clawing my oh, leg. No. Well, that's the one thing. I, to be honest with you, that's the one thing I really don't like about cats is the claws. Yeah, you know, it's just that uh, they jump in your lap, or they or they're sitting in your lap, and then they go you jump out all of a sudden. It's like, nice. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta keep them trimmed. Gotta I don't want them. sharp things here. <laughs> yep. So, Yes, I know. Yeah. Um, so that's really the the thing I don't care about cats about. But um if you're a cat owner, I strongly it. recommend this show. If you're thinking about yeah. getting a cat, I strongly recommend this show. If you have no interest in cats, don't bother. Other than maybe curiosity. Yeah, or, or you love dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> eh. right. I, I I noticed they didn't have it inside the mind of dogs. That's because there's already a ton of dog research out there. This the point of this was there isn't much cat research, so we're gonna tell you what we found so far. Right. All right, moving right along. The uh, theme yes. of classics continues. I went back and watched The Sting with Robert Redford okay. and Paul yeah. Newman and Robert... Uh, oh, come on. The guy from Jaws. What's his name? Ah, I just had it on the tip of my tongue. I'll remember it. See, when you ask me, the old, I can't recall them. The, but... the, old, the old captain of the Orca. You know who I'm talking Richard. Ro yeah. Not Richard. Robert. <sighs> anyway, uh, good show. It... it, it it was a little confusing. I remember watching it once long ago, but I remember almost nothing about it uh, except the characters. There are a few points where they're really throwing around the 1920s lingo and like, I have no idea what they just said, but it didn't really stop the story from moving along. It's a fun story about trying to uh, you know, scam a guy out of a lot of money and they run into a few sticklers. Uh, there's a great twist at the end. Not going to spoil it if you haven't seen it. I like, spoilers. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> only 50 years later. Right. Not going to do a spoiler. And then uh, the third one that I watched was Troy with Brad Pitt from 2009. Right. I remember that. Uh, I don't think I've watched it, but I remember. Yes. How and was it? If you remember last summer, I was watching uh, Great Greek Myths. So I was learning my, yeah. you know, characters of, of, you know, this is Hercules and this is Zeus and yeah. this is Hera, et cetera, et cetera. And then I also listened to the audiobook of the Iliad and the Odyssey. So I felt like I was pretty well versed for an American on Greek mythology. They had none of it. <laughs> the the story oh, really? of the battle of Troy, obviously it's a, it's a 10 year battle, uh, they had the characters and they moved it right along. It was about two and a half hour movie. So they had to, but they gave no sense of how much time had passed. Uh, but uh, you know, they did things in the right order. If you, uh, this one, I th probably will do a spoiler because uh, it's thousands of years old. <laughs> well, actually it's funny you say that because, uh, also in Lord of the Rings, um, there was time jumps for the movie's sake that yes. weren't, in the book. I mean, I'm sorry, the other way around. There were time, time jumps in the movie, but there were long, uh, distances of time in the book. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. And yet the movie was still really long. <laughs> yeah. I'm not talking about the runtime. <laughs> I mean, they, I mean, they, they got, yeah. they got the majority of the facts straight. So whatever was in there, but they didn't bring in any of the mythology other than mentioning Apollo once in a while. You know, I, I really wanted to see, uh, uh, um, Achilles with his new armor and shield made by okay. Hephaestus. Mm -hmm. But since, you know, they didn't ever jump to the mythical side, they just said, oh, you know, they ruined the temple of Apollo. Apollo will have its retribution. Like, yeah, that's about as light as they got. But in terms of, um, you know, the whole Trojan horse story and um, Patroclus putting on Achilles armor, getting killed by Hector, Hector being fooled. He goes, hey, I thought I was killing Achilles. And then Achilles taking his retribution and killing Hector and then Paris killing Achilles. So they got the right elements in there. And it, of course it was very dramatic, very gory. 
very gory. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was it was well done. I mean, it was visually well done. The story was largely based on the gore and the story around Achilles, which oh. you know I can see. You know, Brad Pitt, he's is, the major character. His heel. They didn't. They didn't even mention Cassandra at all, but they did have um, Briseis. Right. Because okay. So I mean, it was. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna kill you with all the details and then make you go, "Who's that?" and "Where did they go?" Um, but I mean, it was. It was fun to watch. It was a little long, in my opinion, but yeah, not bad. Not a bad movie. Yeah. So when you listen to the audiobook of the Iliad and. Honestly, who who narrated? What was was it Homer? Um, <laughs> Did they bring him back? <laughs> it was Homer Simpson. <laughs> yeah, Pierce unleashed his bro, and it went right through his heel. Oh no! Because oh, because no. Achilles was only dipped in the river sticks because his mother held him by the heel. Don't. <laughs> oh! Uh, all right that's the last homer impersonation i'll be doing let's boast of these last three things and let's get out of here yes because we are at a long show so real quickly uh there's a fun little video diagram that linked in here it says what kind of sorcery is this uh guy drew a few lines on some grid paper and then folded the paper at a 90 degree angle and when you move the camera around suddenly it becomes a 3d cube like it's sticking out of the paper somehow so it's a neat little visual pretty cool it's pretty cool. Okay. Uh, you might want to fix that. I am pretty stupid. And... That was the title. Okay. I, just, I think they spelled I sorcery wrong, but somebody fixed that too. No, I cut and paste these things. All I right. Was... There's another article about a gentleman living in Manhattan who disconnected from the electric grid for eight months. It, and this it, was kind of This was a read. fun story about, yeah, how did I, I had to get solar panels and he changed his entire lifestyle. Like I got rid of my TV because watching movies was a waste of time and now I'm volunteering more in the community, et cetera. So, I mean, it was a whole lifestyle change, learned a whole bunch of new skills, cooking food from scratch. I don't know how he stored anything because he said the one appliance that I can't do without is my pressure cooker because I can get five meals out of it. If you don't have a fridge, dude, where's your food going? A cooler? I I don't know. It it didn't make any sense. Or do you go out to the and buy as needed? He did have one cheat that he said. He went into the office and that's where he would... uh, because his charger would get his laptop and his phone so far, but it wouldn't get him like through a whole day. Or if there were interruptions like, hey, it's a cloudy day or it rained for three days, you're kind of boned. So he would go into work yeah. and then charge that way. So that was his crutch that he admitted to. <laughs> hey, hey, y'all need to turn the power off on here. You know what I'm trying to do. And then, <laughs> uh, Craig, you mentioned earlier about the pencil, which is yeah. a play on words for the pencil. It's a tiny yeah. little DIY, not, not, I wouldn't say it's DIY because you don't assemble it yourself. It comes fully assembled. It's like a $45 it's little, a little larger than a pencil soldering iron. And some of the attributes they said on here were really cool. Like you could exchange the tips really fast because it heats up in about seven seconds and it cools down really fast too. It's got a sleep yeah. mode. So I, I may look into this. It might be a birthday present coming up. That is a pretty cool product. I, I seriously want one. Um, like I said, I don't solder that much, but, uh, I find this fascinating. Plus yep. I like to spin up and spin down and the smart part of it where, like you said, it kind of will turn itself off, you know, and that kind of stuff. And it's cordless. Oh, I mean, great. it's got a USB C charger in it. And if you need more energy, you can always hook it up to a battery pack. So yeah, I see, thought that, that was fascinating. I think it's fan. I think it's fantastic. I'd love to have one of these. I, maybe I can see if work will buy me one. Hmm, put that on the hmm. bill of materials. Yeah, I'm going to need a soldering iron to put all those circuits on the printed circuit board. Chuck, I think you got a misspelling here. It says pencil. <laughs> so they, they correct it and get me a pencil. <laughs> Here's your number two, uh, Stadler. <laughs> I'm going to run this one past Jason too. see what he thinks. If he, if he jumps on it, I'll, I'll I bet he request will. I one. Bet, I, Oddly enough, the pictures they show are not the ones they have on the product page. I clicked through and went, where's the one that we saw? And it, they, they yeah. showed kind of a clear case with a, a little different configuration. And then I went and looked at the one that they're actually selling. It looks a little more professional, in my opinion. So Maybe the one that was in the article is prototype? a early release. Could be. Could it doesn't be. matter. I don't think it's good. All right. About $45 for this soldering iron, which isn't bad when you look at the price of well, traditional soldering iron. I also like too. the USB-C part. You can just, you know, because you could have a battery. Right. You know, back up. 
You can take this and use it in your car. Yep. Why not? All righty. Let's round them out. Uh, question of the week. What's a hobby that you'll never understand? Oh, boy. This ought to be interesting. Do you have I any off the top of your head? spores, and fungus. <laughs> Where's that from? Oh, that was Ghost Ghostbusters. That was Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as soon as I, uh, the words came out of my mouth, I'm like, it clicked. <laughs> now, hobby doesn't necessarily mean collection either. It could be, no. you know, just something you do. It could be gardening. Sure. Could be fishing. I'm not sure I completely understand fishing. I've done fishing, but it doesn't really, oh. doesn't make me want to go really? back and do it more. Um, I don't completely understand. Um, oh, I was collecting something. What was it? Stamps. No, not stamps. I understand stamp collecting. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, I'll, I'll figure it out later. But yeah, that's our question for you. We'll have it on social media next weekend so you can answer for us and we will talk to you in about a week. I, in the yes. I podcasting. <laughs> I'll never understand that. I'll never understand that. <laughs> I was just telling my brother about that little, uh, this afternoon, the, the um, promo that Dr. Micho Kaku made. That's two references to in one podcast now. Oh, yeah. Where he says, he this says, is Dr. Micho Kaku, theoretical physicist and author of the book Physics of the Impossible, and even I can't figure out Technorama. I love that. I love that. Oops, that's yes. the wrong in- exit intro. There we go. Yeah. Man, it, felt, it feels like we took a week off, but we did not. If you want to get in touch with us, Craig's going to put the information at the bottom of the screen for our viewers. Yeah. And for our listeners, I will read it to you. The phone number is 707-530-2428. It's been that for at least five, six years. Don't use the old 503k7 number. Don't worry. They both end the same way. Update your directory if you haven't done so already. 707-530-2428. Call us. Text us. Don't send a fax. Ain't going to happen. No. Or you can email us, technorama at chuckchat.com. It works because I know I got a StreamYard code sent to that email address tonight. You can find us by looking for Technorama Podcast anywhere on the internet. Put in your favorite search engine. You're going to come across something we do somewhere, somewhere, Tom, sometime. Until next time, Craig, give us a binary high five. All right, one, zero, one.